0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 83 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. Check out the website. There's a lot of good stuff up there. So Sean and I jumped right in today and talked about what happened yesterday. Tiger is back. We had plenty of Masters talk and talk about golf from past, present, and future. After that, we moved on to the NBA playoffs and some NBA League news going around. Following that, we smashed the panic button on the Yankees. That's all I will say, but we had a nice long-winded talk about The Yankees didn't really go around baseball today because panic button's been smashed. We had to talk Yankees. Uh, After that, we talked about how much we love Game of Thrones. We did a full Thrones porn pod for you guys. This was episode one, so following every Sunday, we'll probably do a little Thrones porn for you. Follow us on Twitter, at Sorry Sports On Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, of course. And if you have anything to say or you want to write an article, we will edit it for you. Shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com, and enjoy the pod.
1: everybody welcome back to sorry to interrupt we're here
0: for our monday rundown
1: actually tiger, on a monday
0: tiger it's tiger. tiger
1: time it's tiger time tiger
0: is officially back the greatest golfer of all time i don't want to hear these old people saying jack nicholas i know the guy came back from a huge back injury and in a car accident to win the 1986 masters i know that tiger's back baby he's back
1: what a fucking awesome weekend
0: I'm sure he took his talents to a nice waffle house right after.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to celebrate in style. Exactly. Although he did have his family with him, so obviously Tiger Woods' first master since 2005, his fifth overall, first major his first since major 20... since 2008. Eight. Yep, at the U.S. Open, um, he finished with a minus 13, minus two on Sunday. Let me tell you what, man. He, everything from the Sunday red to Missing the water on 17 when everyone else knocked it in there. I mean, first of all, let's just say this. This was one of the best tournaments of golf that we've seen in a really long time. The level of, of t- talent playing from Molinari and Kepka and Dustin Johnson. I mean, it was remarkable. And Tiger, not to mention
0: the other guy that actually finished second as well. I can't pronounce his I'm not, not going
1: to say that Tiger intimidated them. Like, he didn't have that intimidation factor, but... You could just see that a lot of these guys that grew up watching him. I mean, especially guys like Kepka. I mean, they're young guys, and to be walking in that final group with him. All you the, have
0: to do is watch that walk back to the clubhouse that he had. Who was standing there clapping? It was Kepka. It was Fowler. Yeah. It was Johnson. It was Molinari, and it it was all but just these the guys crowd that, that congregated
1: him. with every hole closer to eighteen. It was remarkable. It was one of the best events. This is, And I texted you when it was over. I said, this is the st- sports story of 2019. All I right, don't yeah. really care what happens the rest of the way. Give him the SB. Give him everything. Yeah, nothing else is going to top this, man. This was history yesterday that we witnessed. So Tiger's back. I mean, you got to remember, 18 months ago, he said, I don't think I can. I- I'm not sure I can ever play again. I mean, we've seen him string together a couple nice rounds of golf. We've seen him play pretty well. And maybe sometimes even, dare I say, in a dominant fashion, but for he a day the, or two.
0: He won the Players' Championship last year. Yep. But so. we
1: haven't seen him put it together for four consecutive days under that pressure. And what this shows to me is that, you know, he had an entire breakdown emotionally, mentally, And he had to build himself back up in all aspects of his life. Not to get too psychological, but it's true. I mean, you could see even when he was playing well, it looked like he was just defeated. He didn't have that same killer instinct that he had and became famous for, basically beating opponents before they even teed off. And through a slow progression, he started to show that confidence again until... And this, like I said, it wasn't more of an intimidation factor. It was just a look of quiet confidence like he knew he could do it he knew he was feeling physically well enough to do it and he was in the mental place i think having his family there was huge um great moment hugging his son kind of you know bringing it all together after yeah yeah hugging well his mom. father and in, in 97 when he won it for the first time it was just an awesome day uh, you really couldn't have asked for better, whether you're a casual golf fan, whether you're a casual sports fan, I would put us
0: you, in between casual and hardcore. Cause I'm, I play golf. Um, I really got into it over the past few years. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore golf fan by any means. And I watch I all, all the majors, step-
1: uh, but I got to say, man, as somebody who just appreciates sports, I mean, this is the story of the year and this is up there in one of, I mean, this was a moment where you'll remember where you were watching this when Tiger won his first major Abs- in, 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 in 11 years.
0: Absolutely, man. I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, I don't have words to describe it.
1: Okay, let me ask you Is this the most significant major victory for Tiger Woods in his incredible career?
0: Yes. Of course. I mean, the storyline put into Not it. Not just because it's fresh ears. and new. You, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean,. I mean, we've been saying it since, I mean, the the Escalade crash and the finding out about the mistresses and all the injuries that he had as well. If he could win another major, it would be, it's almost impossible for him to do it. You saw the video of all the sportscasters. The guy was showing it to him on the iPad saying that he'll never win again. And he just said, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody thought he was going to win again. And that's why it's the most significant. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's not just because it's new. It's not recency bias. None of that stuff. This is the bit because he was rolling back then. He was winning a major a year almost. It seems like sometimes more. I mean, now it, he hadn't won since 2008 a major. That's what makes it so significant. Well, so, you, all of it combined. You know what the uh,
1: the awesome part is right now, and we can kind of prognosticate and kind of dream, dare I say, as go- as sports fans. You know where the next two tournament major tournaments are being played? Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach and Bethpage Black. He owns them. Yep. Beth Page, was, Beth, Page, Beth Page was 08 the last time he won the U.S. Open. And he,
0: we know his rounds that he shot at Pebble Beach.
1: I mean, he's been playing Pebble Beach since his Stanford days. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, I I got to say, everybody buckle up because this could be – it's already the year of Tigers. but one,
0: the first one was the toughest for him to get over the hump. He can just all exhale, and I think – Tiger's back.
1: I think Tiger's back. I mean, how could he not be? He is, we've we've speculated, we've looked for every possible way to say, is he back? Is he back? Well, the only way you can do that is by winning a major. He did it. So, yeah, he's officially back. Awesome, awesome no, story.
0: I'm, it's an unarguable thing, just to wrap this up. You know, when he won last year, the players, or when he was top 10 in the world, even back in 2013, 14, people could argue whether or not he was back. You cannot sit here and argue with me and tell me he's not back now. It's impossible.
1: What does this do for golf?
0: I think it brings on a whole new audience. I mean, there's more talent in golf than I think there ever has been, just with all the guys. You talk about Dustin Johnson, Kepka Kepka go up and down the line, Rory, obviously, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler is the next guy who I think is going to win a major who hasn't yet. Um, But I just think it brings a whole new audience. There's kids out there that had never seen Tiger Woods win a major that are going into high school. now. And he was more of a legendary tale that and now was they just can, playing. Now they winning. have their tiger moment. Yeah. And, and I think it just brings it full circle. And I mean, golf wasn't going anywhere. It's a billion dollar sport, obviously. And it was still growing, but I just think it brings it to a whole nother level.
1: Yeah. It was one thing. If tiger had said, I'm never going to play again, because then you can really turn the page on his career but People no were way,
0: saying it's going to be speeth. Spieth has fallen off. People were saying it's going to be this, that, and the third. That's going to be the next guy. Tiger's still the guy, and that's really good yeah, for golf.
1: Yeah, and, and as long as
0: he's still playing, because
1: now it's not that he's just, you know, prodding around the golf course and playing and trying to win. Or he's, you know, it's like, it's like seeing, a, a, you know, a guy like a Derek Jeter or something playing on his last legs and you and there's a generation of yankee fans that knew Derek jeter obviously know his significance but they hadn't seen him it would be like if jeter in like 2012 won the batting title and like world series mvp like 12 years removed from what he did in 2000 it would basically be that equivalent that we're looking at right now
0: only can do it in golf yep so I really only do it in golf
1: and but- yeah so now it's You have that legacy for the young fan that's now being fed and say, wow, like you said, we have our Tiger moment, and maybe he gets to do it again. I'll be fascinated. I'm not going to put down that he is going to win another major this year or he's going to come out and win. This is going to be the beginning of a stretch where he wins, you know, two and three years or something. But I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy this major.
0: He's ranked number six right now. Mm -hmm. I think he finishes you look at the end of the golf season with the players' championship. I think by that time he finishes top three in the world. I'm not gonna say how many majors he's gonna win. You never know how things go those weekends. I think he finishes top three in the world.
1: Yeah. And, I think that's fair. And that's totally fair. And again, this was this was history in the making watching it. So
0: I've never had so much fun. To go along golf.
1: with just an awesome sports weekend. Um the NBA playoff started, bro. We did our preview on Saturday morning, and it was a very entertaining weekend. I mean, obviously you had some matchups that we knew how that was going to go, but for the most part, I was entertained by a lot of these games. Before we jump into those, just real quick piece of note, of news rather, Luke Walton.
0: We said he got fired before we ended the pod uh, last time on uh, that Monday rundown, I believe, or on the playoff preview. Playoff me. preview. Here. Hopefully everybody listened to that on uh, Saturday. But he was hired what ten minutes later by the Sacramento Kings. It
1: wasn't. It wasn't much longer than that.
0: Yeah, ten minutes, probably
1: what felt like anyway. Sacramento Vlade Divac scoops him up after uh, firing Dave Yeager before that, I and think they got a hell of a coach. They got a hell of a coach, and he's walking into a great situation. I mean, that team is young. Obviously, they were fighting for playoff contention uh, all year, basically up until the last couple weeks. De'Aaron Fox, Willie Cauley-Stein, Buddy Hield. There's a lot of good young Marvin talent Bagley. there and Marvin Bagley of course. I mean I'm hoping that and know, he the gets Bob back in healthy but... or whatever. Yeah, that's right. So the team's young, the team's exciting and they're on the come up in the Western Conference. I think they they surprised a lot of people this year and now he can get out of that toxic environment in LA. He can go to a place where he's actually wanted and now we get to see him actually coach because we can't judge him off of what happened in L.A. That was the worst of situations. Nobody would succeed there, even some of the best coaches. So congratulations, to Luke Walton, for getting fired from a terrible spot and getting hired to what I think is going to be a really good position for him where he can carve out a little bit of his legacy as a head coach now in a situation that's just a lot more positive.
0: I think the Kings are... I mean listen, the, the Western Conference is stacked, but I think the Kings are at least a fringe playoff team next year.
1: Yeah, and they're a fun team too. I mean and they're young. They're not it's not like it's a guy it's a group of guys that are veterans and have been around for a while. I mean, you've got some cornerstone kinda of talents and you just hope that they continue to develop along the, the trajectory that they've been at.
0: Yeah, definitely. All good things coming out of Sacramento. So let's move on to some games that are actually being played and the NBA playoffs. Um, we will lead off with your Brooklyn Nets. Yes, sir. Getting a big time dub in Philadelphia. I don't think this means the series is had. I don't think they're gonna no, win God the series, no. but they may push it to seven now.
1: Yep. I think that what it did was it put the Sixers on notice. D'Angelo
0: Russell went off too. D'Angelo Russell,
1: I gotta say, like in the third quarter he did. He yeah, was he yeah. was dog shit in the first in the first half. Uh he really didn't it looked like he was trying to do too much. The MVPs of this game to me. And everybody laughing or listening. No, he didn't even play. I know. Anybody (laughs) listening might be laughing, but it was Jared Dudley. It was Damari Carroll. And it was Ed Davis. All three of those guys. And it's not from a productivity standpoint. I mean, they each had a couple of nice games. But what it was, it's intelligence it's knowing how to play basketball and we know the Sixers I mean yes they were there last year they won a first round series before melting down against Boston but that's a young team that's a lot of guys that have not been there have not done that and have not won Jared Dudley has been around for a long time he's he's gonna pick up some fouls and he's gonna do things on the floor simply because he's smarter and more savvy than a lot of the other guys playing that just pure talent doesn't really ma- matter. Same with a guy like Ed Davis. Same way with a guy like Damari Carroll. Remember Damari Carroll was on that number one seed uh, Atlanta team a couple years back. So those, that was the biggest storyline to me from the Nets p- perspective going to the Sixers. They couldn't have looked any worse. Ben Simmons did nothing and bead was hurt. He was, you know, he actually was very productive for a guy that was, that looked, it was, it was painful to watch him running up and down the court um, Tobias Harris didn't do anything. JJ Reddick was a turnstile and not hitting threes, which basically meant he was not playable. Um, you had that weird situation with Amir Johnson and the phone with, Embiid beat on the bench, the Sixers fans raining booze down upon them. And then Ben Simmons calling them out. It's like, listen, this team, this fan base is excited about this team. You went through six years of being the worst team ever in the NBA. Last year was fun. You won the first round series, You just weren't ready to conquer Boston yet. There's a lot of high expectations, especially after the Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris acquisitions, which we don't know how they're going to work out long-term, but in the short term, we know that that should make this team a lot better than they were last year. I don't think they're Toronto. I don't think they're Milwaukee, but I think they're right there. And they just didn't show up to game one at their own building. There's
0: one guy that showed up, Jimmy Jimmy Butler.
1: Butler. And, And again, that's... I watched this game and this is a different conversation and we can have this later on. You know what team Jimmy Butler would be perfect on?
0: The Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. <laughs> because he's he's an alpha dog. He's an alpha he dog and the Nets don't have don't one, have but that
1: but he needs for him to be great and for, he has to have the ball running through him. The majority of the time, and you can't do that when two other guys in Embiid and Simmons need the ball to be good. I don't and think dominated. it would
0: be a terrible signing, man. Maybe on the back end, you'll be like, "That's a lot of money for a guy on on his downward turn." But at the beginning, he wouldn't be my top choice. But what I'm games. saying of, of you wouldn't all, be mad if you got
1: him. No, of all the situations that Jimmy Butler could go to, he's got to go to a team where he's the alpha dog, and the Nets. That's the only thing they don't have because I don't think Russell's that kind of player, especially not yet, even though it would probably be his team still. Dinwiddie's not that way. Levert's definitely not that way. So if you need a guy to take the last to play great defense and take the last shot and be clutch down the stretch, that's Jimmy Butler. He opens up a whole new can of worms for you there. As far as the Sixers are concerned, they've got game two tonight. Embiid is playing. I just checked they were up 14-8 on the Nets early on. This is a game they have to win. And I expect them to take care of business, but I was very impressed with my Brooklyn Nets on Saturday. They showed up and I wasn't sure I didn't think they would lose the series because of coaching. As a matter of fact, Atkinson, which we reference could happen on the pod. Coach circles around him. it It was not even close. But again, I think talent will win out, but the Nets have made this a series and again they were they were what everybody was talking about. Yeah, everybody wanted to talk about how bad the Sixers were and they were, which helped feed the result, but the Nets the Nets were very impressive.
0: Yeah, man, they they've got a really good squad and that could be something for Jimmy Butler and other free agents to look at. I think honestly, even if they lose the next four games in a row, you're happy with this season.
1: Um I would be. I would like this to go six. Or seven. I okay. predict it. We both predicted predict six. Go. I think it will. Go I think they've got to win. I think they've got to win a big home game. I think they've got to galvanize the crowd there because you know impending free agents are going to want to look at where they're going to play the majority of their games, and I think they want to see Brooklyn show up and and the Nets have really feed off that home crowd, which they've done several times this year in big regular season games.
0: Alright, so let's move on to the next series as the Nets and the Sixers play right now. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll have more to talk about next week. Um moving on, we have the Magic beating the Raptors. This was this a might shocker. Be the year of the upset. How do you leave DJ Augustine that wide open for three? I will never know. Thirty five points. Man, this guy You know how much Kyle Lowry had? Zero.
1: Yeah. He did. That's the reason that and they still lost
0: only by a couple points. Kawhi played really well. No surprise there. Of course. Uh, the the supporting cast was pretty good. It's just, you know, when your second best player doesn't score a single point. Yep. I, me and you scored as many points as Kyle Lowry did in that NBA game. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's all you have to say to that. We said the Magic might get one at home with a, or at home we said they were. Right. Not in Toronto. Not but. in
1: Toronto. Especially not in a game one. I don't know, man. That looked a lot like the same old Raptors. I know, you know, we're we're in the business to overreact right now because we have to. We can only go you off know what of it looked one game. Like?
0: It looked like the same old Kyle Lowry. That's yeah, what it looked and like, and that's not it. the same old Raptors because that team had a lot of fight and everybody else around them. They needed no, but him. they
1: underachieved a lot. Remember, yeah. I called them gutless last year on the pod when they got swept by the Cavaliers, and that's just how I've looked at them and the and the constant there. I mean, they got rid of DeRozan because they thought he was an issue and we said it on the pot on Saturday. It's hard to have were one of your best players, not be able to be a threat from the outside, even a little bit, especially in the playoffs. Lowry has been a very, he's been, he's been a negative on the floor in the playoffs a lot. And well, you, you can't get much worse than zero. It's points. hard
0: to have one of your players be a, a negative from the outside. It's, it's unwinnable to have one of your best players, one of your go-to guys, be a negative period. It was, it was, it was a, one of the worst
1: playoff performances of all time. Not just because of zero what points, was his plus minus? but who it was, I didn't even see. I mean, I just know Augustine that Augustine
0: dropped thirty-five. How many assists did the guy have? So maybe his plus-minus was like forty-something. I just know watching that game because I had that game queued up
1: with the Masters, watching both TVs. I was, I was very happy. Were you wearing clothes? Yes, I was. Uh, Although it was hotter that day. So I think I was it, only in tank to top, top and shorts. But, ooh, <laughs> ooh, here we go. Talk to the me, listeners are yeah, the hey, there you go. Um there's a treat for you. Um no, in all honesty, it was I didn't expect to watch that game that long. I was like, okay, cool. Like the magic keeping this close. The
0: the masters oh, is wrapping like up Rockets, for the day. The Rockets Jazz game last night when I went to bed nicely at like ten o'clock. Yeah,
1: see, like that's what I was expecting. I was like, okay, like late afternoon into early evening, this game will not be closed. It's fine. And then it was like, dude, it's the fourth quarter. It's a two point game. Yeah, like the, just, Raptor, the Raptors. The Raptors just kept. The Raptors, it. even if they win this game, have not done anything that has impressed me, and they ended up losing. And again, how do you leave DJ Augustine who who was torching them all game that wide open? And then your end of the game play, your final play that you draw up is a corner three from Marc Gasol.
0: Like, what the hell are you doing, Nick Nurse? That ball goes through Kawhi every time. I, I don't know. Didn't make any goddamn sense to Clearly me. Clearly, you can't go through Kyle Lowry. Maybe in the maybe you should have told him. Oh, you didn't know the day? It's actually January first. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's early in the regular season. This game doesn't matter. Just go. Um, so that I mean, obviously, in the first two games of the playoffs, we got two pretty big surprises. No more yes. than the Magic over the Raptors, and then so the
0: third one we have. Um, did they? I got the Celtics Pacers. Obviously, I know that the was final yeah, score. that was yesterday. Did they yesterday. only play? Did they only play three quarters? <laughs> with the final four to seven. With the final
1: score, you would have thought so. Uh, that was a painful game to watch, but Boston grinded it out, and again, the Indiana Pacers just don't have offense. It's, if no. Miles Turner and, and Bogdanovich and that was it and they're not, I mean, 74 points in a playoff game, what is this, the Knicks, what is this, the Knicks games big. of the 90s yeah, where right? all those games were ending in like the high 70s? Like, this is crazy.
0: Nothing much else do you have to say about that. Kyrie had a decent game. Aside from that, really, what do we have to say? I thought Sabonis was going to be decent in this series. He was MIA in the first game, but we still got three potentially more left to go. The Moving last Eastern Conference one, game. Don't really have to talk about it. Don't have to it. say anything. Sweep. Yep. Sweep. Bucks Giannis killed, was incredible. Free throw line dunk. I mean, come on. Bucks
1: killed the, the Pistons 121-86 without Blake Griffin. It was just a walk in the park on a casual Sunday afternoon in Milwaukee. So, well done for them. The Warriors beat the Clippers 121-104, but this was a fun game. It KD, was close, what in close the hell are you doing getting into it with Patrick Beverly? Patrick Beverly is literally only in there, and he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to disparage him, but he's only guarding Durant to get under his skin because he knows he can. And Durant, at this point in your career, dude, you're 30 freaking years old. You've been in the league for her 10, 12, 13 years now. Is this really what you want to do? You get technical fouled and 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 tossed from the game. These tees are going to add up, man. If they if he if they end up costing him or if he ends up costing them rather in the playoffs. I I just don't know what the hell this guy he's He's so temperamental, and he picks the weirdest times and people and situations to go at it and really just let loose and lose himself on the court, and not in a good way. This was just an odd situation. I didn't get it. I never got for a second of a feeling that the Clippers were going to win this game, but I didn't really want to miss any of it because they just... You never knew what was going to happen. They played just fun basketball, and it was a compelling game. I mean, obviously, the chippiness between Beverly and Durant... Boogie in in a postseason game for the first time. Curry just hitting some of the most ridiculous threes. I think he hit six in a row at one point in the second quarter. It was obviously Golden State at its finest, uh, working like a well-oiled machine. But yeah, I just this is we we said this on our preview. This was going to be a fun series without the Clippers winning a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, you that was that was pretty much your uh, your statement there. So let's move on to the next one. The Spurs beat the Nuggets one hundred one to ninety six, and you saw this coming from a mile away. I think we had the Nuggets in six. I don't remember, um, but the Spurs are going to make this one interesting, just
1: because of the infrastructure. Remember, I said Nuggets in seven. Mm. I really wanted to go the Spurs, and I just couldn't I do it. I remember that. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm definitely having second second thoughts. But I knew this was going to happen too. I mean, it's it's pop. It's the Spurs in the playoffs, and the Nuggets team that, albeit, is great without unless it's just Jokic there's not the rest of the supporting cast is very questionable and they didn't really show up. Jokic is going to get his and we said that earlier. That's never going to be the question. But they're going to let him get his. They don't want to have a guy like Jamal Murray, Gary Forbes light up for like 36 and as long as the game plan that they're operating under stays you know, stays consistent, they're not going to have anything to worry about.
0: Yep, yep. That is just really good coaching, period. The and the best. coach on the other side is pretty good too, but he's not Greg Popovich. Yeah, Malone is not Pop. No, not at all. All right, moving on to the next one. I watched a good amount of this game. C.J. McCollum and, and he said he was ready to play, and we both questioned it. He was ready to play. This game was incredible. The Trailblazers beat the Thunder one hundred four ninety nine. I'm and, happy
1: for Cantor. Oh man, Cantor he had, had a game twenty and, a half. and eighteen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he had some plays off the dribble. He hit a couple jump shots. Really, really good game for him. I'm happy for him as well. I, people should not hate on him. He's just a dog.
1: Yeah, and you know what? He was a great teammate with the Knicks. I mean, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, But absolutely. I just can't believe nobody scooped him up. I mean, they literally got him for nothing. Yeah.
0: I and I can't believe the Knicks weren't able to trade him it, for anything. Was I not pounding the I table know. for this? Yeah. Don't bring it up, Sean. God damn it. No, I like
1: to. This is fun. The Nets are in the playoffs and the Knicks are a disaster. So At least we'll, for a couple months. We'll
0: have to see that one. I still think the Thunder are going to pull it out. They're going to regroup and obviously put a body well, on You know Cantor, what? The one
1: thing that does give me pause is, and I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you, I still think that the Thunder will win, but...
0: Paul, George Paul George's shoulder didn't look good,
1: man. It nah, did not look good. Lo- they said he couldn't even get his arm over his head, his shoulder over his
0: head in the fr- after the game. Like yeah, that's he missed a lot of shots short. He really did. There was a lot of threes that he drills without even thinking about it and they were just short, short, short. I I, I really think he's banged up pretty bad. We're going to find out at yeah, the end of the Yeah, and if Westbrook
1: has to be the driving force, we know how that's going to end up.
0: Well, he'll get a quadruple double. And lose and lose. All right. Moving on to the next one. Not really much to talk about here. CP three looked really well, played well with the second unit. Obviously Harden had a decent game. Um, the Rockets killed the Jazz. This is and a first-round series. That the, all right. All right. Splash, thro- splash a little water on me. Thanks, Sean. Well, you just said we didn't have to talk about it that much. No, we don't. This is a first-round series. Donovan Mitchell I don't need
1: to be proven by their performances in the first round of series.
0: Thank you, Sean. All right? I can't live with anything. You know? I hope the Nets lose by 50 tonight. That's fine. You know oh. what? How about this
1: team, this Rockets team, does something and doesn't choke away leads— 3-1 series leads and how about Chris Paul shows up and actually plays when the games matter the most. A first-round series for me with this Rockets team. Don't need to give them a whole Momentum. lot of credit.
0: Momentum, baby. Momentum and rest. That's all we need. Go Rockets. Jesus Christ. All right, so let's move on to some MLB because there's not much else to talk about there. We're only one game into the playoffs. Well, barely two because the Nets just started playing. Uh, let's move on to some MLB. The Yankees suck. They're not good. And Thank you. <laughs> And analysis
1: from the best. Over they're, <laughs> they're not good. But we need to temper our expectations because obviously this is not the team that we envisioned watching. We've gone up and down the line with the injuries since we last talked. Severino is looking like he's not going to pitch till July at best case scenario. Batantis is shoulder impingement. He's going to be out probably till around the same amount of time. They have guys like. I mean, Clint Frazier has played well, but again, he's not he should not be hitting 6th in the lineup. Now Gary Sanchez, one of the very few guys that was actually hitting on the DL, I on the IL now, and I'm going to say something here. Uh-oh. We've given the Mets a lot of shit and rightfully so for mishandling in- injuries. You know, just oh, how does a guy how do you put Ryan Church on a plane with a concussion? How does a 3-day injury is going to miss a little bit of time turn into missing the whole season? Well, I'm going to tell you something and this is going back to the, to wrist injury in 2013. And then of course, when he broke his leg and they said it was just a bad bruise when he fouled the ball off his foot in 15 or off his leg rather. And now going like last year with judge's wrist, Oh, he's only going to miss three weeks. He ended up missing the better part of six. What in the hell is going on with these injury diagnoses? Like, are, are these guys like, what is it? Is it a little bit of a sore shoulder or is there an injury? Like, it, I, I don't know what to take from them anymore because Aaron Hicks was supposed to miss two games in early in spring training and he hasn't played a game yet. So now you have Sanchez. Oh, he's just got a little tightness in his calf. He's fine. He's hitting the DL. What the fuck? Like, I, I this is... It, it, and it's more frustrating for me and I don't blame Aaron Boone for what's happening, obviously. No, you if can't. you can't. But I will say this about him and, and, and I can see why some people don't like him. Now, this isn't his fault because this is his personality and clearly that's what the Yankees want. And I'm not saying he's got to call out his, you know, players like a la Billy Martin or George Steinbrenner in the paper and and say this guy needs to play better and this guy needs to be, you know, have a better showing. But can I not hear how, oh, I think we're getting close. I think we're turning the corner. I'm watching the games. You don't look like you are. You just lost two of three to the White Sox. And the most... Disc- discouraging aspect. Like, I can deal with the games where they don't score runs against the Astros. Now, two of those games against the Astros, they had one. And the guys that are supposed to get the job done that are still here and healthy and playing need to get the job done. Zach Britton cannot give up two runs in the eighth inning when you're up 3-1 against the Astros knowing you're playing completely undermanned. You can't lose the next game either. Jonathan Holder coughing him up. Friday night, Jay Happ you can't be continuing to give been given leads and you're giving up homer after homer to the Chicago White Sox. Yesterday, and Tanaka's had a great start to the season, three really good starts to, to start up the season yesterday, he really laid an egg. You're up 2 nothing. You know your lineup. You need to win that game. You need to take that series. There's a huge difference between taking 2-3 from Chicago and losing 2-3 from Chicago. He gives up a grand slam in the fourth inning and doesn't make it out of the fifth. That Those kind of things cannot happen. Because not saying that you've got to beat... You know, If you're going out and you're playing teams like the Astros or the Indians or the Red Sox, who have had their own issues, but let's just say the better teams in baseball, Oakland even... Okay, fine. I get it. They're not healthy. There's a lot of questions on this team, and there's a lot of guys who are playing a lot of innings and a lot of games that shouldn't be. But against the White Sox, against the Orioles, against the Tigers, you need to win those series. Sweeps, don't really need them. Two of three, just chalk them up and take them. I don't care how you win them. There's still more talent on this Yankee team that's being run out there than there is on the Chicago White Sox. There's still more talent on this Yankee team in the starting rotation in the bullpen than there is on the Detroit Tigers. Those kind of things can't happen. And just to hear Aaron Boone saying, listen, I we're, we're getting close. I see us turning the corner. I guess that's what you have to say. Like that's, you know, obviously we they didn't Cashman and those guys did not like Girardi basically bashing Sanchez for costing them that game in Cleveland in the regular season a couple years ago, which effectively that's when, you know, all reports were saying that's when he lost his job, but just have a sense of urgency. Say, no, we need to fucking play better. This is unacceptable. Whatever we need to do, Whatever we have been doing hasn't worked, and what whatever we need to do to get better, we need to somehow do because we can't be playing like this. And just telling us fans whip service of hell, you know, we really feel like we're turning the corner, we really feel like we're doing some positive things. I'm watching these games. You're not doing anything positive. Running through scoring position production has been shit. The bullpen, especially by the guys like a Briton and a Holder, guys you expect to be anchors in that bullpen. Chad Green got what the fuck up the other night. They haven't been doing their jobs, and that's not the manager's fault. But how about lay a under these guys' asses? That would be nice because this looks like a team that's sleepwalking through a lot of these games and I can never accuse a team of not caring, but they don't look inspired
0: at all. The Tampa Bay Rays might win this division. The
1: Tampa Bay Rays are really
0: fucking good. They may win this division. It's it's that it's that simple. It's it's embarrassing. The fact that you guys got more money than God, this is the New York fucking Yankees. We're not the Mets. We're not the Kansas City Royals. Why can't you get a better training staff out there? Well, that's what I'm worried about.
1: I mean, and and I don't know if this is just bad voodoo from us shitting on the Mets for all these years. I mean, like I said, they brought it upon themselves and they have a history of mismanaging situations. Yankees
0: training staff slash team doctor, not allowed on this podcast. No, gone. Yeah, no chance. No chance. Put yourself right up there with Patricia. Okay, Maddie P. It always comes back to Maddie P. No, I mean listen, Gruden. We're thinking about it, man. You might be able, fucking allowed back on, but Yankees training staff slash team doctors don't even think about it. Don't even listen. I asked the you question, know, you can listen, you can listen, but don't even think about coming. We on want
1: here. the listeners, but no, if you, if you that's a pipe dream, and you're not you're not gonna be able to live it. I asked in the show notes. Let me ask you a question. I wrote the article two weeks ago that you can see on and It's a little outdated now. That was going into the series against the Tigers. But now we're five series in.
0: You wrote in. the R-E-L-A-X article basically saying everybody calm down. Can we, can we panic now? I'm smashing the panic button. No, yes. I, I am. Because it's a combination of, like you said, Aaron Boone just... You know, I I guess he's out to uh, I guess he's out for a Sunday drive when he when he's managing the goddamn Yankees because everything's laid back, everything's okay. Oh, we're getting our shit together. Well, before you know it, the season's gonna be over. Are you getting your shit together then? And and it's a combination of that, and it's a combination of all these guys getting hurt, and the training staff, and the doctors who are not welcome on this podcast, mismanaging all of these injuries, saying oh it's gonna be a five day this. Oh, they're not even gonna go to the IL, or they just need a couple days off with a calf strain. That, all these guys injured, not to mention, like, this is when the division is won early in the season. Last year, the Red Sox got off to a massive start, and they carried it out through the entire fucking year. They were beating yeah. up on bad teams, and they won how many games last year? 109 or something like that? 108, and again... And and you need to be winning these fucking series, because when the Red Sox get good, it's going to be a three-team race, and, listen, and the Yankees I'm, aren't going to be there if this keeps up. No, and I'm... I'm, I'm Listen,
1: injuries are an excuse. I always hate when people say injuries are not an excuse because everyone goes through them. They're an excuse the now. They're not lost an excuse against Giancarlo Chicago. Stanton, Dylan Betances, Dylan Betances. they're eighth rele- they're you know, eighth inning guy and ace reliever. You've lost the start the number one ace of your staff in Severino. You're starting center fielder in Aaron Hicks. You're starting shortstop, obviously I'm not gonna count Didi because he was already out. But Tor- Tolowitzky doesn't even make it past five fucking games, and that will I will blame Cashman on because we were questioning it too. Listen, if you want to bring him in for a look and his workouts looked really good and he's got something to prove, great. But here's a guy that literally doesn't play. He's hurt all the time. So if you were banking on him being your starting shortstop, even just for the first half of a season, you had to know that this was a legitimate op- a possibility of happening. Now, the one guy I have loved, and he's been hitting like crazy, is LeMahieu. But he's not a power guy. So you're not going to look at DJ LeMahieu as a guy who's going to win you a couple games by hitting three homers. He's not that kind of player. And you knew that when you signed him. And I'm fine with that. We don't need—I mean, the Yankees don't need to have—we don't need to watch all of these guys that are just simply home runner or bust guys. But then look out. I mean, Voight's been eh. Bird's been eh. Now you have Sanchez, who was one of the few guys actually who was hitting— he hits the IL, and again, how does it come from? Oh, he just we're just leaving him out for precautionary reasons to a ten day IL stint. I'm I'm very perplexed at to. Like, and then, the one thing I really despise is when they're like, oh, well, you know, if this was later in the season or the playoffs, he'd be playing through it. Don't tell me that. Tell me he's hurt, because at the end of the day, I don't care what time of year it could be. The point is, now, he's not playing. These games
0: matter, by the way. Yeah, big Just time. Just so you know, they fucking matter. Yep. And don't talk to us like we're stupid as fans, because we're not. We're actually really smart. As CEO of Sorry Sports, we, we actually really know smart. what
1: we're watching. And again, look at this White Sox team. Like... This White Sox team has a lot of really good young talent, and I'm good with that. Like they have some guys in their bullpen. That's a, that's a team that they, should win one game out of the. But of that's what set. I'm saying. They sh- you should not be losing two of three to the White Sox, and in games you have one. You know, Jay Happ cannot be coughing up three run leads. Masahiro Tanaka cannot be giving up grand slams.
0: You know who would look really good in pinstripes, though? Manny Machado and fucking Bryce Harper.
1: Yeah, and and again. It was never a question of whether we thought it was good or not for them to sign them. Big money deals when you already have one in Stanton and you're going to have to sign a couple others soon. But the excuses, and I told you this all the way back in the wintertime. Everybody listening can go back through the archives of the episodes and hear what I said. Please do. I don't really care if you don't feel like Bryce Harper is a fit. Fine. But please... Don't tell me the reason he's not a fit is because you have too many outfielders. Your too many outfielders are Brett Gardner, who you did not have to re-sign, Aaron Hicks, who has never proven to be healthy on a a consistent basis, Jacoby Ellsbury, who is dead, and Clint Frazier, who we love Clint Frazier as a prospect, he's never going to be Bryce Harper. So you're too many outfielders, and obviously I'm not putting Judge and Stanton because Judge is the right fielder, and Stanton's more of a DH as they've looked at him to be anyway. And they're great. And they're fantastic. But too many outfielders, and even Machado. If you don't want to sign him because you you worry about his work ethic or this, that, and the third, fine. All well and good. Please don't tell me it's because Miguel Andujar is your third baseman. Because Miguel Andujar, and we love him, should have won Rookie of the Year last year. Very exciting He's talent. Not Manny He'll never be Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. He will. I, I used the comp of you know Soriano with Arod. You know, I know they didn't play the same position, but it was basically between those two. Soriano was a really damn good player for the Yankees. He was never going to be Alex Rodriguez. If you have the chance to acquire Alex Rodriguez, you do it. If you have the chance to acquire Manny Machado, who you didn't even have to trade anything for. You do it, and you live with whatever happens with Andujar. And again, if Andujar didn't hurt his shoulder, I bet you he'd be raking right now because that's how yep. good he is. But the fact of the matter is you passed up on two generational superstars because, in your opinion, you had too many other options. And those are the cheaper options. Those are the options that get you bargain basement sneakers, not a pair of Yeezys. So there, it is, really, there it is, I don't really – I. I don't get those excuses. Just come out and say we don't like them as players and we're not going to target them or we have too much money on the books.
0: I'm not ready yet to call out the Yankees front office and I'm not ready because of the injuries and I'm not ready yet to call out the manager completely because of the injuries. But if this shit keeps up, man, I mean, I know they went for depth. How's that working for you right now? It's just not good. And I'm going to pose you the question one more time. I'm going to ask it again. I'll Uh probably ask it a few more times. Should the Yankees go out? He said he's interested in a one-year deal, depending on if the numbers are right. Should the Yankees go out and get a Dallas Keuchel?
1: You know what's weird to me about Keuchel is I don't really know. Now that CeCe's back, and by the way, we've been saying nothing but negativity. Ball. Dude, he threw a one-hitter in five innings. I mean, he looked tremendous. I don't know really if Keuchel's going to solve a lot of their problems, and here's why. Now the CeCe's back in the rotation... Well, he can't hit. Well, exactly. So, And he's not pitching out of the pen. So the real trouble areas where the Yankees have lost a lot of their games is an offense that's not circular and doesn't look anything close to what we saw on opening day or what the Yankees envisioned. And then a bullpen where Zach Britton's coughing up leads left and right, Chad Green can't get out, and Tommy Canely and Jonathan Holder look like they belong in Scranton. Yeah. So... It, to me, the starting rotation, I mean, Hap has been, a, has been a disaster and Paxton hasn't looked good. But those are two guys that are locked into your rotation. You know, that's not Sessa and Herman who are pitching poorly, who you can replace with a proven commodity. Those are proven commodities, one of which was supposed to take that next, that next jump in Paxton. And he still might. It's early. But in a game they had to win against Houston to avoid a sweep, God, did he come up short. So... And Hap, you know, starting a homestand, a nine-game homestand against the Chicago White Sox. Again, can't make it out of the fifth inning, giving up home run after home run. Those are concerns. Keichel, to me, gives you more depth, and I do believe that he would be more enticing if you know Severino's not coming back. But up until yesterday, Tanaka had been throwing the ball super well. The starting rotation has actually given them a chance to win almost every game, with the exception of Hap starts and Paxton's last week, they've basically pitched well enough to win every game. Not that some of them haven't been long starts, but they've been okay. Keuchel's whole momentum has been trending down over the last few years. He's not the same pitcher. His ground ball rates, and he's a ground ball machine when he's on, had gone down. Um, So I don't really know if he's going to solve everything. I still, even if we have to give up prospects, I would still like to see the Yankees target the best starting pitcher on the market because you know that that guy has a better chance of putting them over the edge. This team just needs to get healthy, but again, can you play a little bit better against bad teams when you're not at 100%? Because although you can pose the argument that the Yankee lineup and the White Sox lineup is not all that different, the first six or seven are still bona fide major league hitters. You know, Brett Gardner, he's slowed down for sure, but that's a major league player. DJ LeMayhew, very good major league player. Luke Voigt, major league player. You know, obviously, Frazier, major league player. Gleyber Torres, major league player. These guys, Aaron Judge, obviously. Clint Frazier is a major league pro- player, probably. These, these guys are capable of getting the job done. They just have not.
0: Yeah, so basically, the that was the long-winded version of the answer, but I think the bottom line is, is that this is on... The t- this is on the guys that are healthy and this is on Aaron Boone to get their shit together because you can't get better bullpen pitchers just based off, based off sheer numbers and based off talent because they have every fucking good bullpen pitcher that you could ask for, right? And they're all healthy. You can't get more starters because the guys are pitching decently. So And there's nobody out there offensively until the All-Star break that anybody's going to trade. So get your fucking shit together and, and take two out of three from the White Sox. Take... Three out of four from Baltimore. Well, here's what That's I want it. to see.
1: So Boston's coming in for a two quick two-game set tomorrow and Wednesday. Sale against Paxton, Evaldi versus Hap. Okay. Sale has been dreadful. Paxton hasn't been what the Yankees have wanted. And then Evaldi and Hap have both done the opposite of what they did last year, which is when they came over, basically couldn't lose. Well, they've started the season and they can't win. So – Boston has not played well. Obviously they've been they just lost three of four to the Orioles. I want both games from Boston. But then Kansas City comes in for four. Three of four. Four game sets are hard to sweep. If they don't take three of four, if they get if they split or god forbid lose three of four in that, I'm I'm I, the panic button is way gone. Then you're well, starting to call for smashed people. it. What do we do yeah. after that? Now you're now you're looking for a shake up and I don't really like the whole narrative of oh, you know, if George was owning this team still. I don't think firing managers, especially as we know what the manager in 2019 is asked to do. I don't think that has to do anything. But I would like to see a little bit more fire. This team looks like they're sleepwalking, and they just—they're not—they're—they're not—they're not not an inspired group of players. Glaber
0: hasn't been hitting at all. Bench him. But again, who are you benching him for? I don't fucking care. But Bench him see, for the game. No, I, I no. That,
1: to me, that's counterproductive.
0: I think that so these then what, guys... So what's your shakeup? What are you calling for Aaron, uh, Aaron Boone's job? I'm calling for a team
1: meeting. I'm calling for a lineup shift. Like, I don't need to see... Like, I know when he's been leading off a couple of times. They should move him to the primary leadoff hitter. Brett Gardner is not a leadoff hitter anymore. Okay. You know, and, that's and, fair. And even some of, like, the days off. Why are you giving... Why are you giving Clint Fraser a day off after he has three hits for Mike Talkman? Like what? I, no, I I don't need to see that. Go honestly, like have it. I would love a big team meeting. I'd love to see Boone go. Just get tossed from a game and lose your shit. You know, Girardi would do that every so often when they were getting torched or they were on a losing streak. Because I do believe in baseball, which is such a marathon. Even if it's a show, even if it's not it's not his DNA to do something like that. I think those things matter. Remember he did that last year in that tiger game when the Yankees were playing like shit and they ended up winning that game and, and ended up winning the next day. I'd like to see something like that. Just shake things up a little bit on the field. Don't be so robotic. And I know that's who he is. And in part of me feels like I'm, I'm not making a good argument because I'm basically asking Boone to do things that a he's not asked to do and B because that's, not what they want from him. You know, his personality is not a Girardi type. But I'd like to see just a little bit of fire. And I don't think he's a bad manager. I mean, he's, he's put guys in the situation to succeed. I mean, the fact that they lost that first game in Houston was not Aaron Boone's fault. The fact that they lost the second game in Houston was not Aaron Boone's fault. The fact that they couldn't get any outs on Friday night against Chicago was not Aaron Boone's fault. You're bringing in Chad Green and Jonathan Holder, who are proven commodities at least based off of last year right so i'm not really gonna shit on boone for that the guys aren't getting the job done but at some point or another the guys that are one of two things is going to happen the guys that are asked to perform and are very capable performing on a high level are going to turn it around and the yankees are going to start winning these games
0: or they're not and the season's over in a couple weeks all right. So by the next time we come on, we will know whether or not the panic button not only is there any smash, but whether or not we opened up one of these windows and threw it out and I also jumped out as well. There you go. All right. So last thing we have to talk about was this Sunday greatest greatest sporting Sunday in a really long time. We had Game of Thrones as well. So how much how would you think of the episode, Sean? Um, just give me your, your top fives, all that good stuff. I had a really good time watching. Didn't watch. Did and not watching. Here's. And the reason I wanted to talk about this
1: real fast was, Hey, everybody, if you're listening and you didn't watch game of Thrones, it's okay. It you're is okay. fine. Don't let everybody else come at you and say that you're missing part you know, a world changing event. I get that. It's great. Every, if it wouldn't, if it wasn't great, people wouldn't care this much. But if you're not into it, you didn't commit a crime, you're not a bad person, you shouldn't be exiled to Siberia. You know what? And go on with whatever else makes you happy. Enjoy your life. Enjoy what watching what you want to watch on a Sunday night. Game of Thrones, it's gonna be over soon. And then there's that. If you get into it at some point, feel free. I'll probably I'm watch sick it and tired though of this. The way that people attack. The people that don't watch it. Oh, my God, you don't watch Game of Thrones. What the hell is wrong with you? You need to sit down, turn off your life, and watch the first seven seasons and get to this point. No, I'm good. I I am not losing an ounce of sleep, a
0: second of sleep, over the fact that I don't watch Game of Thrones. You actually slept better because you didn't stay up to watch it. Yeah, I had no interest. So everybody, <laughs> there's a couple... Billions premiered last night. I'm big into billions. Um, there's Lots a couple of Emmy award winners yeah. on that one. Re- really good show. I'm not going to go too deep into it because some people don't care. Ozark on Netflix. I don't Great know if you show. Watch that. Oh good yes, fucking show. Yep, really good. I, I mean, wanna- there's a lot of twists and turns in that one that just really surprise you. The way it was shot, everything. I think it's it's one of the best shows out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I haven't finished it, but I've been watching every. I've watched the first I watched about the first four episodes and I was mm. I was on I'm hooked, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, we can dive deeper into that on a pop culture pod, but this was more just a shit on those people. And listen, it's just one of those things like if you like Game of Thrones, good for you. If you're going to vote for Trump, good for you. Or if you're going to vote for Bernie, good for you. But you don't have to make me feel like I'm a lesser human being than you because I didn't do that. That's the bottom line. Well, that was quite the interesting
1: parallel. I was going to more say it from sports. Well, let's put it this way: Oh, you
0: don't drink cold brew coffee? Oh, you Neanderthal? Yeah. Because I drink normal fucking coffee. Let's tie it into whatever. Let's
1: tie it into how we started this podcast, right? We talked about the Masters. Now we said even the casual fan who doesn't care. I mean, I'm watching the I'm watching it yesterday at my aunt and uncles with my parents with the whole family. No, no, that would not have been the right situation to do that. Mm. Um, watching the Masters, and like you know, my mom's hooked on watching it. She didn't give a shit, but it's, it's Tiger. It's a it's a phenomenon. I never. If somebody was like, oh, I didn't watch because I don't really care. I'm not. I'm not. Oh calling my god, you missed the Masters. No, oh my I'm god. not. I'm gonna say, listen, you missed a great event, but if you really don't care. Then to you, it's not a great event and it's not, it's, it's not worth, mi- it's, it's not about missing it. You know, it does cause you, you wouldn't have missed it. It doesn't matter to you. That's how I feel about game of Thrones. I don't give a shit if I missed it because you know what? I wouldn't say it's missing it if I don't care.
0: Yep. Get more mad at people for not paying their taxes. There you go. Cause that shit is the law. So if you didn't pay your taxes, and even oh my though God, you're you didn't a, pay your taxes. Now you're a piece of, of shit.
1: And, but even in that
0: spectrum, I don't. I'm not so influenced
1: by what other people no, do. No, I don't And care. the Game of Thrones crowd, I've seen more than any other show. I mean, we grew up... I mean, think of some of these shows that we've grown Sopranos. up with. Well, Sopranos for sure. I mean, you've had Mad Men. You've had... Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. You had uh, Sons of Anarchy. I mean, you've had some of the best shows that, pe- that you know critics have acclaimed as some of the best of all time that have come out in the last 10, 15 years. Um, again, I, I can't recall a, fan, a a group of fans of a show being so personally offended for, not, for other people not watching than the people who, who support Game of Thrones. It's absurd to me. I don't know if it's because we're also in the now and everything and anything has to be geared towards that or you don't have the ability to conversate about something else so you... Talk about something you assume everybody else does, yeah. knows, and if they don't, well, now I you've think, lost the ability to have the conversation and you I don't know where to that. go from there. It's like, I come think on.
0: It, I think it's that, and I think it's such an intricate show that some of these people don't really understand. So instead of just. Actually enjoying it Like I actually enjoy sports And certain other things You don't have to like sports I don't care you, Then don't Then I don't care what you think But I think that people It's just such an intricate show That they're just like Well I watch it So other people will think I'm great So I have to talk about it It's like CrossFit The yeah. number one rule of CrossFit Is is to talk about CrossFit Right Or obviously you
1: know Any lifestyle Any part of a lifestyle and, and now that's just bled into pop culture And,
0: mm-hmm. and- keto diet yeah, again You and, name it It's yeah. just everybody Not only do you have to do it And enjoy it You have to tell everyone and about in, it And if not only that Not not just talking about it But if they don't agree with your certain ideals Then they're a piece of shit And they need to conform to it
1: Well, it's it's lazy Because you probably hear about it Through the grapevine, and then you either watch an episode or two, and then you want to be part of the conversation, right? Like, oh no, I can't possibly imagine. Like, I love the fact that I don't watch Game of Thrones because I don't, that's a lot of part of conversation that I don't really want to have anyway. So, even if I felt like I saw, even if I saw an episode or two, and I felt like I was somehow now included as if I was being initiated into a club, it was like, wow, like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this now. Like No, go about your day, go about your business, enjoy what you enjoy, and, if and, you're I'll not into, and I'll do the same. And if you're not into Game of Thrones and you're hearing this podcast the next night, almost 24 hours removed, and everybody and anybody has been talking about Game of Thrones and you went through your Monday and you didn't watch it or you're not a fan and you feel like there's a void in your life, guess what? There isn't. You're going to be just fine. Continue to enjoy what you do. Let the Game of Thrones fans enjoy it. All for themselves. They can talk about it amongst themselves. And once it's over, they got to find something else to go into. But it's all good.
0: All right. So that about wraps up our pod. That little rant was obviously brought to you by SorrySports.com. You want to write an article uh, about it, man? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll just write about an an article. You know what? I might write an article, a short little piece about how people need to just mind their own fucking business. How about that? Um, that I like there should be a few more articles coming possibly a hop, hockey article from our friend over at just on the suffering Mike uh, Mike Phillips as well as I will be going on his pod to do some NBA playoff preview at some point tomorrow uh, Sean your buddy uh, French yeah is Mike, gonna, we're gonna be running his draft preview yeah soon. so Mike
1: French just produced um, his French five his five best best five five players at each position that's coming up on the website uh, in in a couple days. Um, he's finishing up, he finished up the Giants mock draft and he's working on the Jets and then he's going to do his, uh, whole first round mock and then he's going to get on the horn. I mean, we are now 10 days out from the draft, so you're going to be hearing a lot of his contributions to the site. So you said
0: he's got his PhD as, as CEO of sorry sports. What's his name again? Mike? Yep. Mike, you got to put all the PhD bullshit to the side. You have a huge assignment coming from the CEO of sorry sports. 10 days till the draft. You got to get this shit done and get on the pod before the draft. Your PhD is important, but this is much more important. So we will be talking been, to you soon.
1: That's right. The shout out there. All right, Ice guys.
0: Man. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Um, enjoy your Game of Thrones and all the other crap that go everybody Nets. watches. And, um, yeah, go nuts.